Welcome to Evolutions of Astrology. This is Dina DeCastro. On this episode, I'll be talking with astrologer Joyce Van Horn about the use of flower essences in combination with astrology. So I love synchronicity. Uh, the funniest thing happened that led me to doing this podcast. I got a, a an email from one of my listeners that specifically asked for a show that would look at the connection between flower essences and astrology. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a great idea. I just never thought of that. And uh, so that very same day, I was contacted by Joyce Van Horn who uh, knows Stephen Forrest. In fact, she's facilitated his apprenticeship programs up in Northern California and has participated in the apprenticeship program uh, for many years. And so she was just contacting me just just to say hi, uh, just to uh, connect with another evolutionary astrologer out there. But when I went to her website, I saw that she also worked with flower essences as uh, the, one of the modalities that she uses with clients and that she used them in conjunction with astrology, which I thought was so fascinating and so timely because I had literally received the other email the same day. So because of that, I took it as a very loud sign that I should uh, have her on the podcast. And we set that up right away. And uh, so I hope that you really enjoy this conversation with Joyce. So first, uh, here is a little introduction to Joyce and her background. Joyce, a perpetual student, brings to clients and community a background rich in diverse studies, from psychology and theater arts at San Francisco State University to third-level certification, a master's in evolutionary astrology. In years past, Joyce has enjoyed three successful careers, radio broadcasting, counseling, and astrology. Currently, she has an active counseling and astrological practice. In 1990, Joyce trained with Patricia Meyer, a flower essence practitioner in the San Francisco Bay Area. She learned how flower essences work, how to choose the right essences for an individual, and how to prepare them. Joyce emerged from that training realizing how beneficial they could be in conjunction with her practice. Subsequently, Joyce has prepared hundreds of personal formulas to support her clients during times of transition and also to help them gain a deeper understanding of themselves. So enjoy the interview. So I'm here with Joyce Van Horn, and Joyce, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. And so um, why don't I just start with asking you a little bit about two things. First of all, how did you get into astrology to begin with? And then how did you get into flower essences? And were those two things simultaneous to each other? Or did they, uh, did they happen separately and at different times? Very good question. Astrology came first. And uh, I've always had an interest in astrology ever since I looked up at the sky and wondered what it was saying. Mm -hmm. But uh, being almost 56 now, there wasn't a whole lot of information when I really wanted to go into serious studies. So um, I actually started studying it as best I could back around the time that I was 20. And again, there wasn't much to study. But that um, predated my interest in the flower essences. I've been doing flower essences now for about 14, I think it's 14 years, give or take. Maybe a little longer, I think it's 16 years. And uh, that just came about because I had been exploring all different kinds of things. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm very diverse, I'm all over the place, I'm very curious. And uh, I heard about flower essences, and I had been studying, um, you know, the chakras and so forth, and homeopathy, and uh, heard about a class not far from San Francisco, about 20 miles due south, and decided to join up and studied with a woman who is still a flower essence practitioner. She's been around forever and studied intensively with her for a while, came back and went, this stuff works. 
started using it every day and then started seeing the value of it in working with um, my clients in order to support them in times of transition or in order to also help them get to know themselves better. So, so what were some of the things early on when you were studying flower essences that showed you that it worked, that showed you, that proved it to you for you? Well, one of my tendencies when I was younger, um, even though I still like to talk a lot, <laughs> was uh, that I had a tendency to talk over uh, simply because at heart, um, basically, I'm kind of a shy person. Mm-hmm. And so to make up for that, I would be very sparkly and and so forth. And uh, I took an essence that helped me become really, really present and to help me to listen well. And the name of that particular one is calendula. And what calendula does is that it really helps you understand or feel into where a conversation is going. Mm -hmm. And also to kind of stop you from overpowering the other person. And so for me, it helped me establish a way of being able to listen better and also therefore being able to be heard better. And it lowered my anxiety. Actually, the lowering of the anxiety was in conjunction with that, which was uh, chamomile. Mm-hmm. And we all know about chamomile tea. Right. And chamomile tea, you drink it when you want to calm down. Maybe you want to go to bed. You've been a little agitated. Yeah. Well, the flower chamomile in a flower essence formula has exactly the same kind of effect. So it helped me stay more present, it helped me stay more grounded, it made me feel safe, and it helped me uh, be able to really be able to pay attention to um, this dream of conversation rather than uh, me kind of uh, overtaking the conversation because I was so nervous. So a lot of those words that you're using to describe uh, that scenario and and those feelings, to me, as an astrologer, I see the Sagittarius themes. Um, do you see that, or did you see it at the time that the idea of, um, you know, sometimes we say Sagittarius might have trouble staying in the present and listening, whereas kind of the the polar uh, opposite to that would be Gemini, which right. is about receiving the information. Did you spot those themes at that time? Or was it less conscious than that? It was less conscious then. It was when I actually started working with other people that I started to come into more of that awareness. Mm -hmm. And so now, as a more advanced (laughs) Sagittarius, hopefully with better listening and communication skills, Mm -hmm. I, um, I am never without a flower essence myself. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure I don't, quote-unquote, need them all the time, but they're, for me, like taking vitamins. Yeah. And, of course, I look at my trances, progressions, and solar arcs and determine which ones are going to stabilize me, which ones are going to support me, which ones will enhance certain skills or to give me a, a boost of confidence. Uh, and, and who doesn't need that? Exactly. Well, and and what's interesting to me, too, is it sounds like this really supports uh, astrological practice from an evolutionary perspective in that um, you're recognizing that we can choose uh, to enhance or or ameliorate certain traits that we have as, say, a Sagittarius. Absolutely. Um, I actually... um have a, a, a young woman whom I see in my practice, and uh, she comes from a train wreck of, of uh, a family of origin. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything about boundaries. And, and people, when they don't know anything about boundaries, can get into kind of controlling stuff. Yeah. And uh, she can't really, she hasn't really been able to get clear about this because she is a Pisces mm-hmm. with uh, Pisces rising. And, you know, Pisces, the mystic and the chameleon, and so she feels things, but she has a lot of trouble understanding them. 
So sometimes she'll jump to the wrong conclusion, and I say jump to the wrong conclusion because perhaps, uh, you know, you and your listeners know that um, Pisces used to be ruled by Jupiter before uh, Neptune was uh, discovered. And so the thing that I've been working on with her is for her to use, for example, one of the essences is Oregon grape. And Oregon grape is to enhance the trusting of goodwill of others, especially when they tend to misperceive others' intentions. Now, with Pisces, you know, we both know that they tend to absorb other people's emotions, that they pick up on other stuff from other people, and sometimes they just don't know it. And it's really been to her disadvantage only in that she has uh, assumed things about other people which are not true, although what she's feeling is authentically true. Right. And this can be a common Piscean problem. That exactly. I've seen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's that's one example of that. I'm also, uh, you know, currently she's on a formula that has pink yarrow. And mm-hmm. this is a wonderful um, tonifier for anybody, any sign, any astrological kind of makeup, anybody who's porous, anybody who might be going through a Neptune transit or something of that nature when things get really confusing and vague and dim. Mm-hmm. and you can feel overwhelmed, pink yarrow actually establishes energetic boundaries so mm-hmm. that you're able to separate out your own energy from somebody else's. It doesn't even leak in. So I will always use that with somebody who uh, is confused, for example, or who you know, really cannot separate themselves out from someone else. Right. So, so what I'm hearing you say so far is that you use the essences on two levels astrologically. That would be both with the natal chart and with transits and progressions and anything that's moving through the Absolutely. chart. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, with, with uh, for example, I'm working with a client right now who has more Pluto than anybody should ever have at one point oh, in wow. their lives. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's really, she's a, a woman who has, oh, Lord, I think it's something like six planets in the eighth house in Taurus. Uh-huh. And so the this is natally. node is in there as well. Mm-hmm. And so she, again, is, uh, you know, here are the underpinnings, the undercurrents of life. I know the truth, but here's the Taurus need for safety. Yeah. And for her, she doesn't get it. You know, we'll talk about something, and I've given her readings, and we'll talk about a certain aspect. And unless she can really get it in her body, unless she can really connect to that part of her that can just be present, and I'm talking seventh, uh, second house material here. Yeah. And uh, her second house north node is in Scorpio, so it's just to be absolutely right here in the present to feel really safe. So I work with her um, using different essences uh, such as rescue remedy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes, I have. I'm a little familiar with the Bach flower uh, remedies. And I wanted to ask you, is that the line that you use or do you use a variety of different kinds? Or I use both the Bach and the Flower Essence Society essences equally. Um, I have a couple of desert essences that I really like. And there are some essences uh, made in Findhorn in Scotland that I just ordered. Mm. Haven't gotten them. Don't know if you know what Findhorn is. I actually do. By you strange, do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's What's very funny is um, I have the game Transformation. I think mm-hmm. our listeners would be interested to know about Transformation. It's It's a pretty interesting game, um, really about evolution and. Mm-hmm. Uh, evolution of our soul and you play it like you would play a board game but it asks you really deep and interesting questions that kind of lead you to uh, self-gnosis right and that game i found was originated in in fintorn mm-hmm. and uh, so i had told a friend about it 
And she was so impressed with the whole story. And we played the game together that she ended up going there this this spring. <laughs> so she actually went there to Scotland. Right. So. Yep, one of my ambitions, too. But for right now, I'll just have to make do with the flower essences yeah. when they arrive. <laughs> right. And I, I don't use the flower essences, by the way, with every single solitary person that I see, because some people just aren't open to it. Mm-hmm. And I usually, I will never, ever use them unless somebody has inquired about this from seeing what I have available on my website. I will never, ever use them with a first-time client. So in other words, you don't bring out the flower essences right there at the first meeting and say, Not here's what I've usually. got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, although there are exceptions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll look at uh, someone who's going through a really rough patch, for example, and I'll call them up before the reading and say, look, you know, I checked out what's going on in your life now, what's on the horizon and so forth. And I think, you know, if you're interested, we could uh, talk a little bit about doing flower essences because Mm -hmm. I think that that would really help you along your journey. Yeah. But if I haven't seen them before, they don't have that familiarity with me. Right. So I tend to wait until the end of the session when I actually see them and then suggest it. And people are pretty open, and especially if they've they've sat through uh, an evolutionary astrology reading and uh, you know they've really gotten it, and they're they're pretty open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so- it naturally blends. Right. And it sounds like you use some of your own intuitive uh, abilities to figure out, is this an appropriate time to use this? Is this an appropriate client with which to use this? Right. You know, right after uh, this podcast, as a matter of fact, I have a woman coming and, and uh, you know, depending on how the session goes, um, don't don't think she would probably be a, a real natural candidate for this. Mm-hmm. Um but you never know, but uh, she's pretty strong-willed, and she's probably called me six or seven or eight times to explain things and uh, whatever. So, you know, I don't. I look at somebody like that who's very self-directed and very um, willful and, and so forth. And, you know, I'm not going to necessarily um, look at somebody like that and say, well, what do you think? Right. So, yeah, that would be a question that that would occur to me is what kind of things make a person naturally open to this or make a person seem like a good fit to you for this kind of work? Curiosity is one thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that just lies in the court of of Gemini, for example. But, you know, uh, someone with kind of Aquarian, Sagittarian energy, um, Geminian, um, a really strong Mercury, um, uh, a full ninth house kind of configuration. Those kinds of things. Um, you know, get Virgos in here, and, and Virgo is kind of like uh, Missouri. What is the, the license plate? Uh, what is it? Show me. Show me state, yeah. Show me state, right. So, uh, again, I'll kind of wait it out and see if, you know, it feels right. And, and if, again, the transits and progressions are showing something that is so intense that I just feel it would give them a boost up, Yeah, that it would give them clarity, that it would also help them not get stuck in the repetitive behavior of the south node. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both of us being evolutionary astrologers, it's clear how people can really do that. And no matter how they want to get out sometimes, it's really hard. Yeah. Well, it's it's where we uh, feel this gravitational pull, and it's very comfortable to stay there, but it doesn't ultimately serve us or make us feel fulfilled to stay there. And so I think anything, any tool that would assist in, like you say, giving that boost out of it uh, would be helpful. And the interesting thing about flower essences is that people will say, well, you know, will I feel anything? And the way that you take the flower essences, they come in an eight-ounce bottle. And uh, you, you shake them and take them four times a day, four drops under the tongue. Mm-hmm. Now, they're really, really subtle as a rule. And so what they will subtly do. They, they work with the etheric layers of the body. 
and for your listeners, you know, if you're familiar with the auric energy field around us, mm-hmm. the etheric layers are outside of that. So the flower essences actually penetrate this etheric layer, and then they penetrate the aura, and they simply become part of our energetic field. And so people will start to notice, oh, I'm doing things differently, or they won't start to notice, and perhaps I'll check in with them later, or they'll call me later, and I'll say, how's it going? Oh, well, you know, I'm not doing this so much anymore, or I feel more confident. You know, they're taking some larch for confidence, for example. Um, you know, I gave them iris, for example, and, and they had a writer's block, and they no longer do. Mm-hmm. Or they're, you know, working on focus and uh, manifestation, so I give them uh, uh, fillery and, and blackberry and um, so forth, a, a combination that is designed to actually create material manifestation in one's life. And so people will notice it, but it's not so subtle. It doesn't hit you over the head, which is kind of nice. I mean, it's very nice. Well, it's not like a medication, you know, or something that's going to drug you. And I think that's that's a good thing for people to know. It's not like you're going to feel this... uh like you would feel after taking Valium or something, you know. No. Um, and, and also, sometimes people don't notice things until you check in with them later um, with any right. kind of treatment that if things start to go right and start to go better, right. we don't notice it as much as when things are going wrong, you know. Right. It's kind of like astrology, huh? Yeah. Yeah, when exactly. Astrology in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That worked. You know, I started doing that thing. I had that choice. I had that awareness, and that worked. Now, what flower essences do is, uh, you know, you don't have to listen to the tape or listen to, you know, what you recorded wherever or look at your notes. It just works. You don't have to do anything but take them. So you don't have to think about it. You don't have to... uh sit there and ponder, you know, how do I make this work? It just, you open to it and it starts to unfold. Well, if you think, yes. And if you think of walking through a garden when, where there are flowers in blossom and they smell good, they just smell good. And so you take in the scent, you take in the beauty, but there's nothing that they're doing except being flowers and you're in the presence of flowers, and you're affected by them. And the way that it actually began was Dr. Edward Bach, back in 1930, was a homeopathic uh, doctor in London, and he left London, and he decided to go to the Cotswolds in the countryside. And when he opened a bag, when he got there, he opened the bag up, and he went, oops, you know, I brought all the shoes that are old that I was going to give to charity. But he decided this was a sign. So he put on the shoes, and he decided to start taking walks in the morning through these beautiful spring fields, which were flowering. And he noticed that when he sat down by certain plants, he would feel a certain way. So being very curious, he started to take some of the flowers home with him, and he would distill them in spring water. And then he started giving them to his patients, and he started noticing that things shifted and changed in a positive way for them. Wow. Yeah, so, and and now it's used all over Europe. It's just a given remedy. Mm -hmm. And when I mentioned earlier rescue remedy, rescue remedy is a combination of five different flower essences, and it's really about the, the most powerful essence that you can bring to bring you back into the here and now. For example, if somebody has Uranus stationed on their ascendant, that can be really shocking. Yeah. And say somebody comes in in a nervous tremor and they're just going, I'm all over the place, I'm completely scattered, I just can't stay in my skin, you give them that. Calms them right down, centers them. They used Rescue Remedy on 9-11 for animals and people. Hmm. They were giving it all over the place. 
You know, what just occurred to me is I used I have used rescue remedy um, mm -hmm. off and on for many years. And when I was using it the most was during my Pluto square. <laughs> and I just now realized yeah. that I'm like, that is a time when I was, you know, using rescue remedy almost every day and drinking it in my water. And great. Uh, it, it, I think it helped uh, because I was going through a really rough time in my life with a lot of tumultuous changes that as an astrologer, I knew, you know, it's kind of weird when you can know what the transit is, but that having the insight helps, but it doesn't keep it from happening. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it was all, everything was pretty topsy-turvy. And um, that rescue remedy, it helped me sleep. Yep. It helped me to calm down. Mm -hmm. uh, it helped me to just be present, like you say. And, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in rescue remedy. Um, and other other essences I've used as well. But uh, that actually leads me to another question. Do you have kind of, um, I wouldn't say stock, but particular remedies that you know are going to be linked to a certain kind of astrological transit? For example, a certain uh, essence that works best for a Pluto transit or a certain essence that works best for a Uranus transit, etc.? Well, I'm going to throw myself in here as an example. I've watched this one coming upon me with kind of a little bit of dread and anticipa anticipation simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And my progressed son is now conjuncting my uh, Mars and Aquarius in the 12th. Now, Mars and Aquarius in the 12th is pretty unstable anyway. And, uh, you know, with that kind of progression, um, at least what Steve Forrest says, it's, are you prey or are you predator? <laughs> <laughs> so it's about, uh, you know, the, uh, learning courage. Yeah. And learning how to stand up for myself and, and so forth authentically. And so I saw that come in going, okay, I need to learn about courage. And there is an essence called mountain pride that you can utilize that really begins to help you stand up to whatever occasion you need to encounter. And like a warrior, just really be able to hold that stance and not either uh, attack or crumble under attack. It's very, very potent. And, of course, I've had challenges in my life as a result of this, and it's just now ingressing, or, or it's, it's going to be exact in about six months. Mm -hmm. But uh, knowing, of course, as an astrologer that this was coming, yeah. I have been bolstering myself with this kind of stuff. So, um, And with a Neptune transit, sometimes we simply lose focus. Right. And there are wonderful, wonderful essences for focus that are um, just really powerful. And uh, in terms of, of using them, it's um, just about being able to sit and be able to focus completely exactly on what it is that you're doing. Because during a Neptune transit, for example, whether you have a Neptune square to your sun or to your Mercury, forgetfulness, getting scattered, um, overindulging, mm -hmm. being able to really just be able to reach for something that allows you to be able to focus and to concentrate without you actually, again, having to think about, I need to focus and I need to concentrate is great. And one of those is um, clematis. And clematis, it just, you know, sometimes when we're feeling uh, kind of vague and not really there and a little ethereal and a little disinclined to stay attuned to the task at hand. Right. And, you know, when you come to something like driving a car, kind of important. Yeah. And it, it keeps you in your body. And where do we need to be in order to function well in this physical world? We need to be in our bodies. So things like that. Um, there's another one. 
say if you're doing a mercury transit. Yeah. Uh, let me think of a, a really horrible one. Not horrible. None of them are horrible, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all have insomnia. Yeah. Or we all have uh, repetitive thoughts. There's so much out there on the information highway now that white chestnut, it stills the thoughts of an overactive mind is how it reads. And it really does. It's the most miraculous essence. If you're having nightmares, if your your mind is just chattering away all the time, I start to take white chestnut in my formula and I am just absolutely nothing. Nothing except what's right here and what's right now. Oh, that would be so nice. It's great. <laughs> I've got a, a high mercury function in my chart. So you? yeah, my natal chart. So I, I'm going to look that one up. I think that might be a really helpful one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, with flower essences as well, you can buy them individually, but uh, there is so much value in creating your own individualized flower essence or going to somebody to have them do that for you. Right. Because we test it. And so I use a crystal, and if it, if it moves to the right, then it's yes, and if it moves to the left, then it's no. So you use the, the pendulum method yeah. as part of the way, yeah. Um, well, th- that actually leads me to wonder, have you ever seen uh, any kind of contraindications or problems come from using the remedies, or is it, is it too gentle to really cause problems? Um, well... <laughs> Interesting story. Um, there are a couple of there are some essences I will not use to tell you the truth. One of them is called black cohosh. I'm just like looking it up in my book right now just to kind of get a better read. I'm not as familiar as, with that one, obviously, since I just don't use it. Yeah. You know, I, I take a very gentle approach um, to my practice and and it's such an intimate space anyway i don't want anybody to get rattled so i gave this to a client of mine really taurian really withdrawn really sensitive he was in kind of a gestalt you know confrontational therapy and uh you know really just kind of a mass of nerves And so the patterns of imbalance, he was in a really bad relationship. And and so I just want to read you this, this description. Being caught in relationships or lifestyle which are abusive, addictive, violent, dark, brooding emotions. Now, he was in a bad relationship. He was drinking too much. He was smoking too much. He was staying up too late. And he was working on some darkness from his childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, hey, well, I'll just try this out. This was a long time ago when I first started working with the essences. And the positive qualities, courage to confront rather than retreat from abusive or threatening situations. Hmm. Well, he started taking it, and he called me a day and a half later, and he said, I had to throw this essence away. He said, I was terrified. Whoa. And I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there are some others that, again, I just would never, ever use, like fuchsia, which, you know, let's say we've got a real Saturnian type Mm -hmm. and somebody who really needs to be in control. And and let's say that uh, the moon is conjunct their Saturn in the seventh house, Mm -hmm. you know, of relationship. And the patterns of imbalance, false states of emotionality, which cover more deeply seated pain and trauma, psychosomatic symptoms. Now, you know, what is supposed to enhance is genuine emotional vitality, ability to express deep feelings. But we're not therapists here, right? Right. We're astrologers. And while there is a counseling aspect, to bring somebody in here and then to give them something like this without a regular uh, meeting with them. Mm-hmm. And so that you can really, you know, make sure that they're okay, but to send them off on their way, a really deeply seated moon, Saturn type, let's say the moon and, and Saturn are in, in Capricorn in the seventh house. Right. Not going to feel comfortable for them. 
not going to make them feel okay with really beginning to have this influence subtly makes them want to come out. You know, here I am expressing my deep feelings. So there might be shame there. Right. And it sounds like then your approach is to be absolutely supportive and boosting, but not yeah. not to delve and dig and to unearth things that we don't really have the capability of addressing with with someone in an ongoing way. No, you know, I, I see a, a few people on a regular basis, you know, blending counseling and astrology. And with those people, you know, because I get to know them over time, um, I still won't use any of the heavy-seated um, flower essences, and, and maybe maybe it's because of my own childhood and my own teachings and so forth, but I get a lot of people who um, have had a lot of trauma, Yeah. whether it's people who come for a reading or people who come for a reading who then decide to kind of go the counseling route with me for a little bit. Yeah. And I have personally found. Uh, you know, I, I've got a Taurus moon in the third house, and it really requires safety and so forth, and there was none of that when I was growing up kind of thing. So I really, really am deeply aware of the fact that if you push somebody and if you try and make them do something that isn't right for them, that in my opinion, that can do more damage than good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really uh, in agreement with that. And I... I would imagine that um, in your practice, and you can tell me if this is true, of using these essences, you may have started out kind of erring more on the side of safety with these and then moving towards more, you know, blending them more, using them a little more boldly. But how how has that unfolded for you um, in terms of the changes you've made in using them over time as you've used them with your astrological practice? Well, you know, I'm a ninth house Sagittarian, and so it was kind of like, oh, anything goes in excess is better than not. (laughs) So when I first started seeing people, as well as prepping uh, flower essences for myself, I was like, well, the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. And really, tops, you want five flower essences in each formula and no more. And so, you know, I was happily putting in 8, 9, 10, sometimes 12. And, and what would happen is that it gets really confusing because all of these different themes are trying to blend into one statement within the person. And either can't really do it and some really are kind of working against another, you know, how about staying really alert, that's peppermint. Say you have a a test you need to study for, you have a lot of projects on hand, and that's really great. But at the same time, what it is that you want to do is to uh, really just learn how to uh, relax. So, And I've actually experienced this in clients, and there was a woman who was just, you know, always tuned up to uh, the, the greatest kind of energetic pitch that she could possibly be. Um, I haven't seen her for a while, but I know that she was a uh, ninth house Gemini and uh, Gemini South Node or something, and it was it was all talk and all hysteria and so forth. And so, what I was trying to do was she was launching a new project. She was in. Um, she worked in a very nice hotel here in San Francisco, and uh, she got so wound up as a result of this peppermint. You can multitask with peppermint, mm-hmm. and isn't multitasking like cool? Yeah. I have a big question mark around that one myself. <laughs> but she did to the point where she got so stressed out that she couldn't keep on doing it anymore. So I added another essence, and it might have been chamomile. It might have been corn. And corn is for dealing with stress in in city, urban environments. But it just was too much on either end for her. Yeah. So, you know, Sagittarius learns through mistakes, and I've made plenty of them. (laughs) So I've 
learn to simplify and learn to sit with someone for a good hour. So I'll do the astrology session and, uh, you know, I'll say, I think this would be a really good idea. And let's say I've got um, someone with Aries rising and they say, okay, let's do it now. Right. And I say, go home, you know, sit with your astrology reading. Let's make the appointment for the flower essence now and come back. And at that point in time, then we can really spend an entire hour uh, where we look at the deeper pieces of how that person is actually interrelating with themselves or interrelating with the transits and the progressions. And we get to really attune ourselves to those different themes and more consciously make the flower essences. So how, how is it that you think that these work? I mean, you, you explained a little bit about, you know, them, how it works with the etheric field and moving into our auras. Uh, I guess the question I'm asking, and maybe this is a little like asking, why does astrology work? <laughs> That's a big question. Which is a great question that we'll be pondering till the end of time. But why, why do you think um, these essences work with, with us, with humans? I think that they work because nature works, and we're part of nature. Yeah. And that the flowers come from the body of the earth, and then they go into the body of ourselves, and we're an extension of the earth. And so they speak to us in the voices that they have in that way. They gently insinuate. They gently shift. I mean, that's the only thing that I can, I can really figure out, because when you smell a rose, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. And when you touch the bark of an oak tree and there is an essence for oak, how do you feel? And with oak, it enhances balanced strength, accepting limits, and knowing when to surrender or stop. Yeah, so... You know, if you just get curious about nature, nature will tell, will give, will provide the answers. As just like looking at the stars, we know that they speak. Right. And, you know, it, to me it's clear. And the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people who hear about, you know, who are kind of outside of our fields and will hear about the use of flower essences or the use of astrology for that matter, are skeptics to these ideas because I don't think they, they've heard those kinds of links made. Do you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. they haven't really thought about it. To me, it's very common sense. Mm-hmm. You know? And before you answered your question, that was kind of what I had in my mind was, well, nature. I mean, it, we are part of nature. The essences are part of us already, and it's about rebalancing or reintegrating perhaps something in us and right. using nature to do it um, or using astrology to do it. To me, it's a natural fit. But I think a lot of the skepticism comes from people not thinking about that particular link, that we are part of nature. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to bring forward. You know, and the stars are above us, and, you know, the earth is right here below the stars. So that old saying, as above, so below, mm-hmm. it really fits. Yeah. So they're speaking to one another. So when the planets are really describing a scenario or something that is right around the corner, and, and uh, you know, we try to prepare people for that, you know, not to scare them, but just to prepare them. You know, with flower essences, I have a client who is um, in a relationship right now, and it's make it or break it time. Yeah. And uh, like so many women, she's she's a Libra, mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's a Libra, and I, her oh her son is in the second house, and my experience of a Libra son in the second house, is that there's kind of a lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. 
that comes with that territory. And yet there's a Libra need to connect. So she's uncertain of her self-worth, which has to do with the second house. Right. And so one of the essences that I just saw her a couple of days ago that she's working with is something called bleeding heart. And we actually have them, I think, here in California. And they're tiny little flowers. And if you look at them, they look like hearts. They're tiny. And uh, so she's been clinging to uh, her fiancé to the point where the fiancé is starting to back down. Not quite sure he wants to get married. She wants to know where he is all the time. She wants to know, you know, she gets jealous of his assistant and when he goes on business trips and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, she realized what was going on for her. She really wanted to change it. And she works with me on pretty regularly uh, astrologically. And so the positive qualities straight from the book, loving others unconditionally with an open heart and emotional freedom. Now, she called me a day and a half after, I think I made the essence, what's today, Tuesday? So I heard from her last night. I saw her Tuesday morning. And she said that, you know, she woke up this morning and her fiancé was scheduled to go on a business trip. And she was able to say goodbye to him without actually starting to feel like he was going to cheat on her or he was going to die during the trip or whatever. Yeah. And that's more organic to her birth chart. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a way that you would use it to support an issue that's stemming from the natal chart. Right. Yeah. Right. But there are all kinds of essences. One that I, I, I use, um, and I had a client, oh gosh, she died at the age of 31 several years ago. And she was just brilliant and wonderful and creative. And I actually have her chart right now. Her name was Jessica. And, um, again, really horrible, horrible childhood. And a young woman, Capricorn. And and anyway, the, the moon, I think, went into her fourth house. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. And she... Um, she found a lump under her arm, and she went to the doctor, and they said, you know, this is melanoma. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's where I had a mole taken off. And long story short, as the progressed moon uh, must have been just ready to conjunct her Scorpio moon in the fourth house, the house of endings. Yeah. And here she is, her whole life ahead of her, and uh, she's dying. She's dying. So there is there are a couple of essences that I have used to actually help animals pass on and people in their final days, and they're they're just blessings. This can also you know be utilized when you lose somebody because that's a kind of death right there. And one is called Angel's Trumpet. And Angel's Trumpet we have in plenty. I don't know if we have if we have it up your way, but here in the Bay Area we've got lots of Angel's Trumpet, also known as Datura. Big bell-like blossoms right. hanging from a tree. And this helps people surrender at death or at times of deep transformation. And it opens your heart so the fear lessens. So say if you're going through a really critical Pluto time, for example, where there tends to be real high anxiety, or say if you're going through your second Saturn return, mm-hmm. which is actually the, the entrance into the earliest stages of old age, and we become really aware of the clock ticking yeah. and of ourselves aging and mortality. Something like that, again, really kind of helps you let go of the fear and enter more in a state of openness. And sometimes I'll combine that with Angelica, which opens the doorway to um, what might be called God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, angels, whatever, flutters their wings behind us and we feel their sweet breath on our, our throats, or on our necks. And we know that we're not alone. And this is used, Angelica, at threshold experiences such as uh, birth and death. So doesn't that sound 
Plutonian right there. It truly does. <laughs> it truly does. I can see where that would give so much comfort. Um, yeah. And this is something that everyone has to come to terms with at some point. We all have to come to terms with aging. We all have to come to terms with loss uh, at some point in our lives. Yep. Yep. And there's also one for uh, even going through midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, Another I, one we all have to deal with. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm definitely right there. You know, I've got my Saturn return beginning to happen, uh, my second one next year. Mm-hmm. And um, so looking in the mirror and knowing that things are going to be changing physically and that life is going to be changing in some significant ways, how do you let go of that image that society impresses on us and just really take your role in the world as someone who is older, hopefully wiser? (laughs) And so I'll work with people around this, particularly women, who will come in and say, I don't want to get old. You know, I'm afraid of this. You know, the world speaks about all the things that could kill me, and I'm human. And so what this will do is is to really help people understand that there is uh, something transcendent, something that goes beyond our bodies. Um, and I, I had a client in here, another one, And uh, she is a woman who has been valued for her beauty. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just simply put, she's been a very high-end call girl. Mm. And she's 47 now. She is set for life. She is a cancer, Mm -hmm. eighth house cancer, um, and... Gosh, what would that mean? Anyway, she's an eighth house cancer, and and what she has basically done is not only relied on her beauty, but also relied on her ability to really comfort people. She's seen some of her own clients pass. Now, the thing is, she's just retired, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't have to deal with being so pretty, but she's had so much surgical work done, Yeah, so much Botox. It's kind of <laughs> like she's almost addicted to it. And real sensitive, eighth house, cancer. Right. And she realizes that kind of eighth house obsession, compulsion. And it's like, what do I do right now? And uh, and uh, so we used uh, both chrysanthemum and something called pretty face. Mm-hmm. And pretty face, if anybody finds themselves looking in the mirror and noticing one new wrinkle after another, this essence is for them. Because you get out of the mirror and you get on with your life. Right. Yeah, we can definitely all get stuck in those places. And I think it comes up, you know, that we can have the illusion for certain periods that things are not changing. Although, of course, they're changing all the time. We're always moving forward, you know, and on the clock. But we can get in this illusion for periods that we are kind of static that we're, you know, we're not changing or we're not aging. And then all of a sudden, it seems like we hit these certain points where that accelerates and we're highly aware of the aging process. So it sounds like that would be an ideal kind of um, essence for that, that kind of a period. Particularly because when she was going on to retire, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's an age limit in that profession usually. Right. Pluto was going over her son. I mean, her ascendant, rather. Pluto was going over her ascendant. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, whoop, a wake-up call. Right. And so what she's steering now, the last time I saw her, which was probably eight months ago, she was steering her direction more towards uh, being able to, to travel and to learn and to experience and I got an email from her, and she said, I've decided to become a travel agent. So, you know, it has meaning, kind of the call of the wild. And uh, part of what she is able to do is to, to not find her value just in being a very beautiful woman, which she is, and then to see aging as kind of a death knell. Mm-hmm. So there's, she's realized there's another phase of life for her. 
right. She's reestablished her faith. Yeah, so that's been the beauty of this kind of transformation. You know, flower essences make us feel better. You know, evolutionary astrology helps us evolve towards the best that we can be to make the best, most empowered choices. And so that's why they, they just join hands like lovers so beautifully, so wonderfully. Something I always say uh, to my clients is part of the aim of getting an astrology reading is to figure out how to be happier. Mm-hmm. And if it's not telling you how to be happier, then what use is it? You know, what use is any right. of this stuff if it can't help us to find more joy? Mm-hmm. And so I can really see how they absolutely do blend and work together towards that same aim. Right, because flower essences like evolutionary astrology, they don't act as a cure-all, and they don't act as an absolute. You have to want to, you want to, you need to be open to them. Yeah. And, you know, I was just in a business trip. I was just visiting Stephen Forrest, and um, when I, before I got to his, his place, I stopped and actually had someone read my palm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I sat there fascinated for a good 20 minutes and walked away feeling pretty bad mm. because it was so predictive. And here was my death and here was the loss of my spouse and, oh my goodness. and, and so forth. And, uh, again, there was kind of a, a fascination, the, the, the rat or the mouse with the snake kind of thing. Yeah. But that isn't my aim or your aim or anybody I think who really, wants people to rise to the full occasion of themselves. We, we don't want that to happen with our clients or with the people that we love. No. No, it should be empowering. It shouldn't, right. shouldn't make us feel disempowered as we walk away from something like this. Uh, so, yeah, no, that would, be, that would be kind of disappointing to have that experience. But I think, you know, I think that's the flip side of fortune-telling. And and that's what people need to realize if they think they want to know the future. um, That's the flip side of it, that you can get news that you don't want to hear. And it may not even be true, but it would be enough to be damaging or to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, we as evolutionary astrologers don't don't engage in that. It's just not not useful and can be harmful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, my intention is that we all get better as individuals and then the world itself gets better. And I have tremendous hope for the world and we have tools at our fingertips that we can use for ourselves and that we can utilize for other people as well. Well, Joyce, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Um, I wanted to let people know that they can reach you for consultation. Uh, I'm assuming you also do phone consultation as well as in person. I absolutely do. And what I do is I get the person's birth information. And if they want some transits and progressions and not the reading, for example, if it was your client and they wanted to come to me just for a flower essence Mm -hmm. consultation, I would take a look at that and work with that. Oh, perfect. And how is the best way for people to reach you? Well, they can reach me via phone at 415-441-4776, or they can check me out on um, my website, uh, my current website. I have another one being developed, but the current one is partnersinhealing.com. Great. www.partnersinhealing.com. And I will put your links and information up on my site as well. Thank you. So, well, thank you very much for taking the time today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. 